kingdom living. All right, and we've been talking about what it means to live a lifestyle modeled and mirrored after the kingdom. And um, so we've been talking about that for the past three or four Wednesday nights, and it's been awesome. It's been incredible. And I'm telling you what right now, God is wanting to send the best of him. God is wanting to give the best of who he is. But unfortunately, somewhere along the lines, we just got to a place where we're okay without the best of him. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was music. I don't know if it was entertainment. I don't know if it was the lights and the, and the fog and, and all this other stuff and the platforms and microphones. But somewhere along the lines, we refuse to have the absolute thing that God can do that we see that is impossible. We don't, we don't look for that anymore. You know, we can't heal people, so, so we, just, we just pray for people. <laughs> and when we pray, it's just, it, lo it looks like we're meditating. All right? I won't go, do I need to go there? Huh? One second. Hey, I bet you right now if I said, let's pray. Right, I mean, what what is prayer? You know, now, now we got to talk about what is prayer, <laughs> you know, right? And so um, we really, really got to model ourselves after the Lord. And that's what I talk about. You got to get connected with heaven. You got to get connected with what Holy Spirit is doing. You know, turn off the TV. Brother, it's the last days. Did you watch Fox News last night? My goodness, it's the last, 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 last days. It's getting bad. It's getting bad. How about, have you, have you been interceding? Get, check this out. Well, look what I've gotten from the Lord. God is wanting to do something in this nation, in our generation. We need people like that. We need people who, who, who refuse to sit there and look at all the negative, right, and start looking at what God wants to do in the earth through his people. And um, that's where we got to be. So we've been kind of talking about that. And I talk about having the best of God because... I don't, I don't, I, I, right in the middle of service, Pastor Rhonda, we just we were praying, and I just felt Holy Spirit pray for revival. Pray for revival, and automatically I'm like, that's that's a big prayer. <laughs> that's a big prayer. You don't just pray that once and then, and then go about your day. When you start praying that stuff, you got to start praying that stuff every single day and be consistent and be committed to that. But if that is the best of God, how about we just, I mean, I mean, we'll quit just nibbling and getting just what we can and just going about our day and being okay and getting our little fix. How about we start really demanding the glorious things of his will and of his plan to come to earth as it is in heaven? We, we got it. We got, I mean, what is it going to be? Is it just going to be just having just a little? Or are we going to be a people who start demanding the greatest, the impossible, those things that we haven't prayed for in a long time. I just, I just, you know, I started praying that, that Wednesday night, and I, I've been praying it every Wednesday night. And I don't even try to, like, plan it out, like, okay, we're going to pray for revival tonight. No, I don't, I, I don't, I, it just, all of a sudden, man, it just, it will just come to me. Come on, God wants to send it. God wants to send it. And, and obviously, we think revival, we think of, obviously, some of us, we kind of start putting our head down like, Pastor Bryce, I got work. I, revival means revival services, and we got to come here every single night. And I just, I can't, I can't do that right now. I'm working, I'm working 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus hours. I can't, I can't be doing that. All right. But revival isn't about how many services we have. I don't, I don't know why. Like, you go down to church, and you see on somebody's marquee, revival, June 10th to the 13th. I'm like, man, that'd be, that'd be nice just to pick, you know, if I could. God, just send it on the weekend right there. Let's just send it. There it is. This weekend, I'm not doing much. Just send it real quick. Send it now. I'm, I'm free. But God is not going to send it when it is most convenient to us. Yeah. Yeah. God's not going to send it spring break week. All right? God's not going to send it just during the summer just because you just have some free time. God is wanting to send it to us consistently, faithfully, like who he is. Now, are we going to be faithful and committed just like he is so that we can always, always count and depend on the Lord, like Pastor Ron is saying. I just love it. I saw that on Facebook, and I just love it, man. That's just what it's about. It's about just depending on God. Man, for so long, the church has done this with their own strength, with their own talent, with their own intellect, with, all, with, with their own gifts, but refuse to do it. 
with God's power in mind. And so let's just jump right into the word before I, I keep on rambling and rambling and rambling. The title of this, I don't I usually don't do titles, I usually just let Austin just kind of put one together and put it on the put it on the thing. But I was I was thinking about tonight and the youth are gonna you know kind of confirm this, but kingdom living colon don't miss the mark. Today we're talking about kingdom living we're talking about don't miss the mark. Obviously, when I started really researching and studying about kingdom living, obviously the first thing that popped in my mind, as some of you might know, is Romans chapter 14. All right. And how it talks about the kingdom of God is of righteousness, peace and joy and the Holy Ghost. And obviously that's the first thing it really to me is like the general standard is where we can learn a lot just from that just that one statement. And um, there are things that we need to see when it when it comes down to kingdom living so we can apply to our everyday life. Hey, I love the hooping and hollering and shouting sermons, but if I can't apply it to my life and make it happen and make it work, I, I don't know about it. You know what I'm saying? Because then I don't know how much is it if it's a word from God. I mean that and that might have just been just for the hooping and hollering. You know what I'm saying? But if it don't affect me every single day, if there's not something about me that says, "Man, I got to do that," I got, I got to, I got to apply that in my life, then we have, we have to research it, study it, and put it into our lives. So when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, peace and joy, righteousness, and the Holy Ghost. If you want to turn there, it's Romans chapter 14, verse 17. And you can kind of read through 18 too, if you want. You can put it up if you want to, Seth. If you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and, or if you take a note, just write it down, read it later. We're just going to kind of break down these these three things, and we're just going to keep on chugging. That sound good? Do you love the Bible? Come on now, we need to love this book right here. We need to love this book. This ain't a preacher thing. All right, this ain't no preacher. This ain't no minister thing. This is this is about us getting into His Word. Hey, don't have hey Holy Spirit will help. I the, the I, I hate the first excuse is I just don't understand it. Pastor Bryce, I just, I didn't, I didn't go to college like you did, and I just, I didn't take those classes. I learned more in my bedroom, hearing from Holy Spirit, than I, than I have ever learned. Taking notes from a sermon, taking notes from a class, taking notes from a discussion. That's all great and dandy, and I learned some stuff from that. But the thing I learned the most was from Holy Spirit, because if you would let Him, Holy Spirit will be the greatest preacher in your life. And he really is. And you can settle with T.D. Jakes. He's great. You can settle with Jensen Franklin. He's pretty awesome. You can settle with Damon Thompson. He's pretty incredible, and you're going to get some good stuff. But the greatest message you will ever hear preached is in your bedroom, is in your car. Amen. Let's get excited about the Word, man. Let's get excited about the Word. So here it is right here. I guess that's American Standard Version. Man, there's like a bajillion out there. I don't know about all that. I think that's of the devil. I'm just playing. I'm making sure y'all wait. I read NIV just studying. Um, that's really probably the more general version. But righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right off the bat, let's talk about righteousness. Could anybody just with a raise of hand tell me what righteousness is? I mean, I don't want you to tell me out loud. But if you could tell me, you know. You can give me a definition of what right. Okay, we got one. Okay, okay. We got okay, okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm just. I do this with my youth service. Can anybody tell me what this means? Can anybody tell me what the anointing means? Can anybody tell me what? And everybody's like looking at me like, "Are you? <laughs> what do you think we are? I think you're Christians. I think you're people of God. All right. Okay. I'll move on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Righteousness. To me, after studying it, and, and Pastor Hank can, could could correct me, confirm it, whatever. But I would say righteousness is the approval of God over somebody's life. Th that, to me, is what righteousness is. Anytime you see God approving something, there His righteousness is, because He is He has put His kiss, His seal on that on that thing, and that's where we find His righteousness. And the first first thing I want to turn to when it comes to righteousness is you can kind of flip back to Romans chapter 10, verse 10. We're going to be reading a lot of Bible, so if you've got your book, you know, keep it flipping. 
Is it okay we read a lot of Bible in this house? Okay. Good deal. I was going to read it anyway, so I'm glad you, I'm glad you want to. Romans chapter 10, verse 10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe, and you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That's some serious stuff, isn't it? Let's see. Let's read that again. For it is with your heart that you believe, and you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. A lot of our spirituality isn't really up to God. Yep. A lot of the things that go on in our life spiritually really almost completely depend on us doing something. I was talking to youth coming to prayer service. Deep cries unto deep. If you're not hearing a deep cry from God, it's probably because he's not hearing a deep cry from you. And we wait on God like, like it's a like it like we pray or we wait on God like it's the lottery, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I just I just ask that you heal him. I get it? Did I get it? Did I get it? I pray that they get saved. I hope they got it. Did they get it? Did they get it? You know, it's like it's like we just I don't know. I'm not sure. Let it happen, Jesus. It's like hitting the lottery. We just hope one day it's just gonna happen. One day it's just I don't know when. But just one day, I bet if you just expect it would happen through your fingers, through the words that you pray, I, I bet it will happen. Faith the size of a mustard seed. That's all you need. That's all you need. So we talk about, we talk about righteousness and having the approval of God. It is primarily dictated on what you and I do. All right? Sitting on your padded seat don't really do a whole lot for God if your heart and your mouth isn't confessing who he is in your life. Okay? Let me help you out a little bit more. Singing a song doesn't justify where you at with the Lord. Thank you. Somebody, somebody, I, I want to, can we talk for a minute? Can we just talk? Can we just talk just for a minute? That's, that's all I'm asking, you know? We, I just want to talk with you. We have to, and I told the youth group this all the time, we have to keep ourselves in check and always evaluate the intentions of our hearts so that we know every motive is pure. Because I've noticed in, youth, in my youth services, we're just singing songs. You know why? Because you play one song and not everyone's really, well, I never heard, I don't. And then you play this song that they know, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, everybody's singing, everybody's, everybody lifting their hand by kneeling and walking around pacing, just, just, just worshiping the Lord. And it's like, my goodness, we got to be so much more mature than allowing a song, a melody, an instrument dictating the, the rhythms of our heart towards the Lord. Amen. We gotta check ourselves. We gotta check the motives and intentions of our heart. And we have always, always, always gotta be doing something to confess who he is in our life. I don't care if you're talking to your husband about it or your wife about it, and you say, you know, I'm not really big on witnessing. Hey, that I, I I'm not gonna push your buttons too much on that. I mean I can, but I'm not. But we have got to allow God to be so much in our lives that we begin to talk more about him, that we begin to speak more about him, that we begin to do things that would involve him in our lives more and more every single day. Does that sound good? We've got to do that. We've got to, got to, got to, got to do that. Because, I mean, dusting off your Bible and coming to church ain't doing nothing. <laughs> we get quiet, son. We get quiet, son. Dusting off your Bible, coming to church, I don't think is going to change the world, Pastor Connie. I know I've said this before, but I think some people are going to come and come and stand before God, and you and and they're and they're just going to come like with confidence, like man, I've been I've been doing it, man. I've been doing I've been man, I've been going to church, I've been getting out of bed. I could sleep in, but I've been getting out of bed. I've just been so committed. And and you're going to stand before God, and you're going to get slapped in the face with reality. And God's going to say, I ain't I ain't never knew who you were. That's when I talk about checking the intentions and motives of your heart and always, always, always keeping yourself in check with Jesus. Nobody can do it but you. 
And if you're waiting for a pastor, you're waiting for a message, you're waiting for a service to kind of get back on track, that's probably going to happen. That's probably going to happen. But then it's going to be up to you the other five, six days out of the week to do the rest of the preaching to yourself. It's going to be up to you the rest of the week whether you're going to attend a service in your bedroom with Holy Spirit and get, and get some reviving and get some refreshing things from the Lord. Amen? Why not? I don't know. That public pastor's preaching just ain't, it just ain't, it ain't just, I don't know. It just ain't filling me up. I don't know. It's just not really, it's not really, it's not really speak. You know, Pastor, I love her. I love them so much. But I, lately it's just, I don't know. It's just hasn't been speak. It's up to you, son. You think I come here waiting, waiting to try to get my fix? I get my fix with the Lord where, in my room, in my house. All right? I ain't waiting for somebody else to make it happen for me. All right? Hey, if I catch a good word of a service, which is probably going to happen with great and mighty people like Pastor Hank and Pastor Rhonda, but with the Holy Spirit, we've got to do it every other... Because, because this is what we do. Maybe we need a new pastor. That's what we start saying. Maybe we... I, I think I need to start going to a different church. I, I just, Pastor, Pastor Bryce, I just need something new. I just, I just need something fresh. You know, I've been going here for so long, and I just need something new and something fresh. All of you've done is just tell me where the level of commitment in your heart is. I won't, I won't say that to you, but I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm, I'm gonna be thinking it. Can we talk a little bit more? You have just identified where you're at with Jesus. That you're a baby, and you need someone to help you to be fed. <laughs> son babies need help with being fed and if you're coming here saying i don't i don't know i just i'm not getting very much <laughs> that's that's your fault maybe no my my kid just haven't been living right and he's been going to that youth group with pastor bryce and there hasn't been really much change and <laughs> he's with you the other five days of the week what i get him for an hour and a half and you expect you expect me to turn the world upside down and then you got him the rest of the week Come on, let's talk for a minute. And then you show inconsistency to the house of the Lord, and then you're wondering, why in the world is my son or daughter just not living? I don't under, they're hanging out with the wrong, and I just don't understand. They're looking at you the rest of the week. And I know you ain't a pastor. I know you ain't called to ministry. But hey, you're called to them. Amen? You're called to them. You're called to set the standard for them. And people can come into their life and God can send people in their life that will set standard and give them standards to live by. But the majority of what they're going to gain and learn is going to be from you. And I'm just saying that to help you. I ain't saying it to step on your toes and get you aggravated or anything like that. I'm saying that so that you keep yourself in check so that that way your children are going to be in check with the Lord. Amen? Peace and joy. Let's talk about peace and joy. We're going to be in Romans again. Turn a couple more pages back to Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 8. Can you say that you love the Bible? Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 8. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. When I think about peace and joy, I think about the same peace that's quoted in this scripture. And I think about how your peace and your joy is primarily going to be up to you. And when we talk about kingdom living, we're talking about us living in the kingdom and doing things and having actions that put us in a place that we are in the kingdom. If your mind is filled with junk throughout the week and you're wondering why you're depressed and you're wondering why you have suicidal thoughts and you're wondering why you're struggling with certain temptations, you've got to just absolutely just drown your mind in the word. Pastor Bryce, I read my Bible. Reading a couple verses might not do it. What do you And then we'll sit in front of TV for hours. <laughs> oh, well. My. And then you wonder why you don't have the joy in your life. And you'll come here and you'll get frustrated at people dancing. You'll get frustrated at people jumping up and down. And you go, how in the world can they be happy? I make more money than they do. 
Obviously, their happiness independent on a paycheck. Ain't dependent on how many numbers I got in my bank account. Well, come on now. It's dependent on the Lord. And no dollar, no object of possession will ever give you the peace and the joy that you can have and attain from His Word and from His presence and from His Spirit. No, no thing. So if, if you're wondering about peace and joy and you're wondering about how you can have your lifestyle so modeled after the kingdom that you live in peace and that you live in joy and that there's not a, not a thing that can toss you aside, you got to drown yourself in the word. you got to drown yourself in his presence till all those things don't come back up out of the water. Amen. So the only thing that comes back out of the water is the re resurrected person that God called you to be. Holy Spirit. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. We'll, we'll be done about this section of the scripture and we'll turn to some more Bible. We're going to be reading Bible today, though, okay? I know I didn't ask you, but I'm going to ask you again. Obviously, one of the most incredible passages of scripture when it, when it pertains to the Holy Spirit is obviously Acts chapter 2. Okay? Obviously, Acts chapter 2. You can't talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about what Holy Spirit did that day with those people. I want to tell you what, the Holy Spirit didn't just decide to come one day. It was because people prayed. And I, I wonder, let's just think a little bit. I wonder what would have happened if they wouldn't have prayed. Huh? I wonder if he would, what, what if they didn't pray? What if they just waited for Jesus to come back? Where would we be today without people who have prayed, who have interceded, who have sacrificed time and energy to, to, to focus and ask for the things of God to come to pass? Right? So they get there, they pray. We know the story. We've heard it a million times. There's also another passage of scripture I think of. Uh, I think of Romans 15, uh, verse 13. I know we flip it all over the place, but we love the Bible, so we love doing it anyway. Chapter, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I love this so much. This is so good. And my Bible is just, it's just on the other side, other side of the book. Right over here, chapter 15, verse 13. And I'm just going to kind of read the... I'll read the whole verse real quick. Let's see. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow... So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? And the Bible, good man. The Bible's good, Deborah. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if they say it's religious or religion, or whatever. Bible's good. The Bible's good. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise Pentecostal. I wouldn't raise in all these different churches. My dad ain't a preacher. My dad ain't a pastor. You know what I'm saying? It's just when you get a hold of God, He just does something. Amen. It's not determined by a denomination. It's just determined about hunger for Him. Overflow of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If we want to see the positive things, if we not only just see the positive things, but live in a place where we are always looking and searching for the positive things that God has for us, we have got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And like I said, being empowered by the Holy Spirit ain't just going to randomly, I mean... We talked, it ain't going to be, the, it, ain't gonna, it ain't like the lottery, it ain't going to just randomly happen. It's up to you to put a demand on God that you want his power. Amen? I'm going to talk about a little bit of something that's just a little bit of a soapbox of mine. I'm going to move on. Is that okay? For some reason... The climax of the charismatic movement church is is being prayed for and falling out in the spirit okay and I ain't, I ain't trying to hurt your feelings because i believe in it and it happens to me all the time because i love holy spirit okay but if that is the climax and we end there and we go home and we say my god that was it then the enemy's got us right where he wants us because i think about because because now Anointing is only determined whether or not someone falls down if you pray for them. Unfortunately, but back in Jesus' day, anointing was determined on whether you picked up somebody or not. 
Jesus didn't spend his ministry pushing people down. Come on now. Jesus spent his ministry picking people up. What? I mean, I guess, just, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I guess somewhere along the line, we just realized we couldn't pick anybody up, so we just started pushing people down. Oh, come on now. We just decided, like, I, well, they ain't getting healed, but my God, I can lay them out in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, friend, that ain't it. That's great, that's glorious, and that is of the Lord, but it ain't it. Come on, the day that it that it's it is when you start pulling people out of wheelchairs. Come on now. Well, I guess I'm the only one that's excited about that. I guess everybody else, y'all can just spend y'all time laying on the floor and falling out and praying for each other and all that kind of stuff. But as for me and my household, we're going to expect people to get healed when they pray for them. We're going to expect people to be demons casted out of them when they pray for them. We're going to expect that cancer and diabetes is going to flee at the name of Jesus. Because that's what Jesus did. That's kingdom living, son. That is kingdom living. We want to see that, amen? We want to see that. I'm going to talk to you real quickly about this. I thought about this subject, and I thought about how for so long, we just the, because we couldn't pull people out of our wheelchairs, it made us look back, so we just decided, hey, we can push people down. We can have just nice little glorious services and, and, and show the world that we're doing something right right show the world that we, we got something down and we just end there and i talked to the to the youth group about all these different things all right these messages are the same thing i preached to them on wednesday night all right there isn't there isn't a, a youth group holy spirit and then an adult service holy spirit and then a kids children holy spirit it's holy spirit across the board we had a ramp conference a children's ramp conference kids speaking in tongues kids praying Kids receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Kids getting healed. Kids, I mean, just, it was, I mean, you, you should have saw that 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 stage that day. All the children just, oh my God. Just crying. You, you would not believe what it would be like to see a child just walk up, just blank face to the altar and just get slammed by the Holy, Holy Ghost and, and receive baptism and be shaken in the glory. Whew. That's when you start knowing Holy Spirit is real and he's real across the board. Kids, hey. You kids don't need games, okay? That's why I tell. That's why I tell these. That's why I tell these kids on Wednesday. You don't. You guys don't need games. You guys have games. That's fine. When we meet in His house. We expect Holy Spirit, and we expect Holy Spirit to do the things that Holy Spirit would do. Amen. You want to go play some Xbox? That's fine. You can go ahead. We're gonna come in here. We're gonna we're gonna take care of business and call on the will of God to come down. Amen. Our youth ain't very excited about that. They want to play games. They want to play games more often. We pray in our services. I'm sorry. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to do what God wanted us to do. Sorry. I haven't found Xbox in the Bible yet, so whenever I do, then maybe, you know, I guess somebody found it because it's everywhere, right? Well, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. I'm going to be close to wrapping up. All right, does that sound okay? All right, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. You hungry for the word? The word more than you are hungry for for outback? That might be. That might be a struggle. We might have to have an altar service for that one. That's. We might have to pray through on that one. Break through. Well, that's a struggle. I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, my goodness, that sounds good. <laughs> Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. You've probably seen this parable. Context of this scripture is the Pharisees and Sadducees are trying to get God, get Jesus kind of in a situation where he says something he shouldn't say, and they're trying to they're trying to put him in a place where they can they can take him. All right, and so Jesus just like. I love it because Jesus just, he just starts talking about stuff and then he just starts talking about parables. Like, already talking about the kingdom of God is already kind of complicated, all right? Okay, it's, it's, it's heaven and earth and there's two different places. And then he starts talking about parables. It's like, this is even more confusing. Like, what? what are you talking? He's talking about the weeds and the wheat and he's talking about the, the sower and the pearl and uh, uh, mountains moving. Oh my God, what in the world is he talking about? 
But I love it because Jesus, even while just, to me, just like playing with these guys, he is just absolutely just establishing his word. Even even if you don't want it, he's going to establish his word. Even if you even if you don't desire it, he's going to establish his word. Pharisees and Sadducees, they didn't want to hear about all that. But at the same time, God was laying down a standard throughout this throughout this debate, throughout these conversations, right? And I and I love it so much that even through through the fighting, through the bickering, that Jesus was still able to declare his word through. All, and we read about it to this day. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it awesome that Jesus, even when he's faced with conflict, he establishes his word? Amen? I'm going to break this down. We might read it a little bit. Yeah, let's go ahead and read it. Verse 24. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But, every, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and, and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat spout, sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? Verse 28, Jesus, the, the sower said, An enemy did this. He replied, The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them, bundle them, and burn them. Then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. Obviously, we can break this down. Jesus kind of goes on to talk about, kind of breaks it down for us. But obviously, good seed is us. Good seed is the fact that he sent us to earth to to grow and, and, and to produce fruit and to produce something in the earth. The weeds are obviously the sons of the enemy. Something the enemy comes in and sows among us. The field is the word. And we're going to come back to this field and talk about what, what scribes and theologians are, are declaring it. Harvesters are the angels. The sower, the person sowing the good seed, is Jesus, and the harvest is the end of the age. Everybody with me? Everybody with? Okay. Now, scripture. Now, now, scholars and theologians, when when they talk about this passage of scripture, obviously Jesus goes on to say that that, that the field is the word. Now, scholars and scriptures, this is just this is just uh, you know this isn't you know. Don't hold me to this. I'm just telling you what's, what other people who study the word for their life do, you know, declare this to be. Not only do they say it's the world, but they say it's the kingdom. The field is the kingdom. Now that that, put, that, that places an interesting thought because now if this now if the field is a kingdom, then you're saying there are bad things within the field. You're saying that there are bad things within the kingdom. That is pretty that that that's a that's a questionable thing to establish. But I like it because I feel the Lord say there are people within the kingdom that look like wheat and not wheat. There are people that are in the kingdom that look like like they got together and look like they're living right, but at the at the end of the age. It's going to be up to the angels. It's going to be up to Jesus where they stand with the Lord. And the scholars and theologians say the weeds, even though they look with outward expression, eerily, eerily similar to the wheat, they are not the wheat. And we got to check ourselves and make sure we aren't just looking like it and that we are it. You come in here and you worship, you raise your hands. And you look a whole lot like the wheat. But if you go home and you have an alternate lifestyle, can we talk a little bit? I know you're getting quiet. Is all right if I? And if you go home and you do things you know you shouldn't do, from adult to youth member, then you just you just a weed that looks like a wheat. And you can spend your life just just showing and and. That showing everyone that you go to church with that you that that you're wheat and that you got together, ultimately it's going to be up to Jesus where you stand, and 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 you can have us all fooled. You can have pastor fooled. You can have all of the major leaders who you ever come in contact fooled, but you will never ever ever fool Jesus or His angels that will be left up to discard who is wheat and who is weeds. That's why I talk about check the, the motives, the, in, the intentions of your heart. And always make sure you ain't lifting your hands just because it's a slow song. Well, come on now. Let's talk for a bit. You ain't just jumping up and down because it's a fast song. 
You ain't coming to the altar just because you seen somebody else come to the altar. Come on now. You give a little bit of your tithe, but you don't give all your tithe. You're looking like you're doing the right thing. You're looking like you're coming up and giving 10%, but you're giving five, you're giving, you're giving two, you're giving three, you're giving a few bucks. Right? It's, it is not, it is not, it is not about your outward expression. Hey, outward expression is just an overflow of what's going on on the inside. Outward expression is only just an overflow of what's been going on throughout your week, and you just release it in extravagant praise. He deserves it. I ain't saying you ain't got to be extravagant and your expression towards the Lord, but let it come from the depths of you. If you just react because the song does, or because there's a bridge, or because there's a transition, <laughs> I think we celebrating songs. Huh? And we are too predictable by the, the we are way too predictable. We are, we are far too predictable for the enemy. The enemy knows when and where we're going to go to church or when and where we're going to read the Bible. We don't allow any kind of spontaneity from Holy Spirit to come in our lives and invoke, invoke praise and evoke worship. And like, when's the last time you jumped up and down just, in, just on your own? Just... We're all playing. We're all playing in here. When's the last time you, you knelt down and, and, and gave something to the Lord like, it was, like you were at the altars on Sunday morning? Right? Hey, the same Jesus, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is in us. It's not in the altar. It's not in the, in the sanctuary. I mean, it's going to be there. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, of course. I ain't saying it's not. But it, it doesn't abide here. It abides in you, and it's up to you. That's when we talk about decisions. We talk about choices. We have got to be a people who make those choices and those decisions. Amen? The outward expression has to come from the overflow of the inward expression that we have towards the Lord. I'm going to say this. I'm going to kind of move on after this. Not all believers, all right, are Christians. And I'm going to say this too. Not all unbelievers are sinners. Can we talk plain for a minute? Some of us, some of us here are no people... Who, who, who will go to church, but we know there's something wrong in their life. You can't go to church and act like everything's okay and then go home and your house is like hell with your children. Your relationship with your children is all messed up, right? We have to, we have to constantly, constantly, always, always keep ourselves in check and always make sure that we are, we are the wheat, and only you and Jesus determine that. No pastor, no preacher, no person to come in, come into your life and just make everything right to the T perfect. It's going to be up to you. Hey, there's going to be people coming in your life that are going to help you tremendously to do those things. But at the end of your life, at the end of your day, it's just up to you. It's just up to you and me, right? I've said this before, but I don't come Sunday mornings to hear a great sermon, even though I know I will. I don't come Sunday mornings to get into his presence, even though I know that's going to happen. I come on Sunday mornings because it is just, just commitment from me, just showing Jesus that I love him. And if you call it religious, then you're missing out on a, on a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, that's just legalistic. That's just legalistic. No, it's commitment. If I say, I'm, I'm just going to love my wife for the rest, and I ain't going to love nothing else, some of you would say, that's, that's, that what you're saying is that's legalistic. No, that's, that's me loving my wife as God loves the church. And we have to love him. We have to reciprocate and love him the exact same way. Amen? Made in the image and likeness of who he is. I'm going to talk this last point, and we're going to be done. Amen? Somebody like, thank you, Jesus. We can keep talking about it. And this is what I'm talking about. Don't miss the mark. And this is this is incredible stuff. I was studying this stuff, Pastor Rhonda, and reading it and um, kind of put this message together and talked about it uh, last Wednesday. And um, we uh, 
we watch some of the past ramp services on Sunday nights. Ugh, I promise I, I'm over puberty. Um, but we talked about uh, we talked about about sin and different things like that. And we looked at those ramp services, and Damon was preaching the exact same thing. I thought it was just absolutely that, that stuff freaks me out. All right, and it happens a lot. All right, I'll, I'll I'll read stuff all week, and I'll pray into stuff, and I'll come to a service, and Jeremy be preaching. He be preaching. The, I mean, the exact same thing, note for note, what I what I was getting from Holy Spirit. And I'm like, my goodness. I'm telling you. God isn't waiting for a pastor to come in your life. God isn't just going to sit around and wait for somebody influential to come in your life. He's got Holy Spirit available to you. And if you want, you can get messages from him. You can get notes from him. You can get instruction from him. You can get guidance from him that will allow you to go on in your life living for the Lord. Amen? There's a Greek word. It's called... It's going to sound weird. I'm just saying what it looks like, okay? I didn't study Greek, all right? But I still study Greek on my own, all right? I don't need classes to determine whether or not I can study. Hamartia. Okay, that's, that's just what it's looking like. Hamartia is a Greek word for sin. It is like the general Greek term for sin. And it is used 174 times in the Bible. And, and pretty much anytime you see sin or sins, plural, it's going to be this Greek word, harmartia. Can I tell you a definition? Anybody know the definition? The definition of this Greek word that is the general term for sin literally means to miss the mark. To miss the the mark. Now let's think about what we thought sin was for a minute. We thought it was going against God's law. But I'm telling you today, it's a sin for you to miss the mark that God has for you. Amen? Breaking his law is a sin. I'm not saying it's not. But I'm also saying that the general term found throughout the Greek Bible is for sin is to miss the mark. And some of us think we're good and we're holy, and that's great. But if you're not doing something to hit the mark, you're sinning. Some of you think, Pastor Bryce, I, I do my tithe. I don't, I don't get anything dirty. I haven't drank and smoked, and I haven't looked at pornography, and I haven't done this, that, or the other, and I've been good. I've been living holy. Hey, that is what's up. That's good. That's great. That's glorious. But if you're missing the mark... You're sinning. We got to hit the mark. Amen. Just being okay isn't gonna ain't gonna cut it. Anybody catch my drift? Anybody catch my vibe? Just being good and coming to church ain't gonna cut it. For us to be able to hit the mark, we have got to go so beyond just breaking His law and start fulfilling the assignment He has gave, He has given. Every single one of us. Assignments aren't just given to pastors, preachers, ministers, missionaries. There's an assignment on every single person in this room, and you know what it is. It's something something God put in. It might have been something God put in you recently, or it might have been something God put in you a long, long time ago in your childhood. But you know that you were made to fulfill that assignment. And that is why you were created. And to and to and to shoot below or to have expectations that are below anything that God has given you is sin. Because basically you are telling God, my plan, my dream, my goal is better than what you have for me. Right? I mean, if I'm telling the truth, I'm just help me out. You know what I'm saying? I ain't I ain't trying to tell something wrong. Can't miss the mark. We can't miss the mark. It's not an option. I tell my youth group, it's not optional to pray. I, I, somewhere, somewhere along the lines, we just thought it was like, we're doing God a favor if we come and pray. No, it's commanded from God that we get together and we pray. Amen. I'm going to give you a few more definitions. We're going to close. Is that okay? Can we just learn a few things today? There's another Greek word used at... 
help help me out, Holy Spirit, with the paraco me, paraco. Yeah, yeah, para. I want to say paraco. It's only used five times, but this sin, the literal definition, uh, means to neglect to hear. <laughs> Y'all better catch that stuff. Neglect to hear. Both. Let's see. This 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 definition displays a carelessness and attitude toward the Word of God. That's why I talk about you got to love the Word. I don't care if God put in you love the Word, you love the Word. Right? It ain't, ain't, ain't an option. If you're a Christian, you say you follow Jesus, you got to love the Word. You got to love to pray and you got to love to do the things of God. Carelessness and attitude toward the Word of God is a sin. If you come in here nodding and you come in here sleepy and you come in here ready to get your get your lunch on and get your eat on and get your and get your what get your wakeboarding on, that's fine. That's great. That's glory. I'm all about it. I'd probably be with you if you told me about it. I'd probably just I don't care if you invited me. I'd be out there with you. All right. I just hey, I didn't know you were gonna be out here. Wakeboard. Um. But if you show carelessness and you're adding it towards the word of God, it is a sin. That's why I try to sit on the edge of my seat. And I, anytime I'm in a service, I try, I try to do the best I can without disrupting to try to cheer on whoever's preaching. Because it ain't just about them. It's about the word. And I'm not going to show God careless attitude toward it. I'm not going to show God that it's not that big of a deal to me. And I, I've heard that before. And I've heard that a hundred times. And it's not really that big of a deal. You can, you can preach John 3.16 every single Sunday. And I'm going to shout you down. I'm going I'm to shout you up and down. I'm going to say, that's good stuff, preacher. That's good stuff, pastor. And that's how it should be. Right? Because it is his word. It's not about if he's, well, I wish he gets something fresh. I wish he gets something new. I wish he gets something more creative. I wish he gets something more relevant. I wish he gets something that, that would talk to me on my level. You know? And I tell youth group, I'll stop talking about prayer when y'all go to prayer. <laughs> I love to talk about something fresh. I love to talk, dive in and talk about intercession and adoration and what it means to just fall into the things of God. But if you can't pray, I don't know. I guess I got to preach about prayer next week. <laughs> maybe maybe we can just record it and we can just play it on the screen right when we hadn't done it that's what I'd be telling them why are you why are you preaching about prayer again why are you preaching about prayer again pastor Bryce are you you have you gotten anything from the Lord oh I've gotten plenty of stuff for a while. I'm just waiting for you to move on so we can talk about something else right Come on, we let worship leaders we let what worship leaders sing sing songs we've heard before over and over and over again. But well, we preach the same message twice. We, oh my goodness, he dry, he dried up. He don't. He had to go back and look up something else and get something, getting something from the past. He 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 done he done lost his place in the Lord. I tell you what, he trying to he trying to get he trying to get stuff right. He he's struggling. That's okay. That's okay. It's gonna be all right, Pastor. We got your back. No, no, not at all. Huh? It's about us doing these things, right? Huh? Let's start doing them so we can progress and move further and further and further into the things of God. I tell you, don't wait for don't wait for youth camp for a glorious encounter with God. We've been praying on Wednesday nights that we would have a glorious encounter in our youth services, like we would have at youth camp. God isn't subject to a place or to a time. We subject them to that place and time because we don't want to live like that until it comes until it comes to that time because because right now we just want to do what we want to do, right? We put God in a corner and then whenever something bad happens, we we call on Him or if we want we want to fall out in the spirit, we want to do something, we want to have a glorious experience, then we call on. We don't want to call on Him all the time. That's a lot of work, isn't it? It is. I ain't saying it ain't. It is, but it's worth it. You, you ain't gonna never you, try this. Get up in the morning and pray, and tell me by eleven o'clock how you feel. I promise you, you're not gonna call me going, Pastor Bryce. I got up and prayed, and it was just that's that's just dumb. I wish I just would have slept a little bit more. I wish I would have got fifteen, twenty, thirty. 30 more minutes of sleep, and I, I, I no, that was pretty dumb. Now, you're probably going to say, Bryce, I, that was glorious. That was awesome. And I understand what God is telling me to do. Right? You're not going to regret doing good things for God. Amen? 
You're not going to re regret reading his word hour after hour after hour. You can ask my wife. I used to watch ESPN for hours. She looked at me like, yep. Hours. I love sports. Love statistics. Loves, love all these different individuals in sports. <laughs> I mean, if it was a sport, I was turned to and I was watching. I was into it. I was cheering somebody on. Right? It'd be tennis. It'd be golf. I just, I just love, I love competition. I love, I love all that, the athleticism. I love all that stuff. But I, I can't even tell you the last time I turned on my TV. I mean, I think, I mean, it might have been the other day ago, but it wasn't no hour, about 10, 15 minutes. Then I was turning it off, and I was in my word. We have to do that. And you say, "Well, Bryce, you're a pastor. That's what, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do." Mm-mm. 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 It's up to us, amen. It's up to us. And I do this a lot with the youth group. We can do altar calls, and that's great, and I think they're powerful. There's some words we just got to do. We just got to do them. And the altar call is going to be tomorrow morning. I'll put it this way. The altar call that I would have done now is going to be tomorrow morning. Right? And it's going to be Tuesday morning, and it's going to be Tuesday night. It's going to be Wednesday morning. It's going to be, it's going to be all day Wednesday. It's going to be all day Thursday. And it's up to you if you want to go to the altar and commit and sacrifice something to the Lord. If you watch too much TV, mom and dad. If you watch too much TV, youth group. You start looking away. <laughs> if you're texting too much, if you're on Facebook too much. Well, I get, I get, I, I can get on y'all too. I know y'all on Facebook. I seen y'all all the time. I ain't like y'all ain't. Oh yeah, on Facebook. Mm. Mm, you on your phone on Facebook? What's it? What's it gonna be? What's it going to be? It's just gonna be up to you and your actions, your decisions, your thought process. And God ain't gonna come down and just make it happen gloriously for you. I wish He would, because you know if He did, we'd all be fine. We'd all be good. We'd all be dandy. We'd all we'd be hooping high. Everything be perfect. Everything be perfect. but we have to do our part. Deep cries unto deep, and the and the deep parts of us have got to begin to cry for the deep parts of God. Because if we are unsatisfied with our life of the Lord, it is because there is there is a depth we haven't reached that we haven't reached in our, in our hearts and given it to the Lord. Amen. Let's do it. Amen. I know I'm five after, but you love the Lord. You love the Bible. Can you give him a shout of praise, hand clap about his word? Come on, it's about his word. 